Hi, I'm Eric Glass from Workday. Welcome to the In Good Company podcast, where we discuss the most important issues facing your business. With me today are two HR experts. Hi, I'm Josh Burson, principal and founder of Burson by Deloitte. And hi, I'm Greg Pryor, vice president of leadership and organizational effectiveness at Workday. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank Thank you. you. Great to be here. Today, we're talking about career development and learning. We're going to look at what some of the organizations are facing with the skills gap, as well as what they're doing to address learning and development for today's employees and how technology makes a difference. So this is, uh, this is a really exciting topic. Um, so much change happening in the workforce. Um, you know, I think data is showing that, that careers are now spanning 60 years, which sounds utterly exhausting. <laughs> um, and, and whereas at one point it was one set of skills, one, one role, now it's about you know, a diversity of experience, diversity of skills. So how do companies prepare for this? And Josh, why don't we start with you? Well, you know, the issue of of careers is um, really personal to everybody. Um, You know, we all want to have a great career, and so we're all trying to figure out what that means. And we're living longer, as you mentioned, Eric. You know, the average lifespan is going up by 18 months every five years. So we're living longer at a very rapid rate which means that we're gonna start working somewhere in our 20s and we might work into our 70s and 80s and our children will live into their hundreds. So during that 60, 70, 80 period of time, companies are gonna go out of business, technologies are gonna completely change, AI, robotics, and new tools are gonna revolutionize work. So we gotta be very adaptive. And so the biggest message really in careers is that each one of us have to reinvent ourselves pretty regularly on a continuous basis. And that's kind of what the career world is all about. Well, I think the, the new ideal career, is, and we're seeing this definitely within our, our millennials, is, um, is that the people are thinking about career experiences in really like 18-month chunks or two-year chunks and saying, I'm, I'm building those sets of career experiences. I'm building new skills and capabilities. I'm, I'm doing things that are really pretty dramatically different uh, than, than the, you know, it's, so it's not just little incremental change. It's, a, it's just a fundamentally different way to think, about, to think about careers, to be ready for new roles, to be ready for new technology. Um, it's a rapidly, rapidly changing world. So what does the ideal career look like now? So it's really this fundamental shift from career promotions, and promotions was really the, the way we would think about careers in the past, to career, career progression. And that is progression that looks at building new skills all the time and, and, and just having fundamentally different, uh, different experiences. And so we really talk about career engagement around this opportunity of career experiences rather than the sort of the old school, I'm in a role for a long period of time. Um, I'm just consistently getting new sets of experiences. And if we can't, as an organization, give people, as Josh had said, sort of a sense of that they are progressing, um, they're going to go to a place where, where they feel like they're progressing. Uh, it's, it's just that simple. You know, I've been doing a lot of research on this because it's one of the hottest topics people want to talk about. So I recently wrote an article called Catch the Wave. And the metaphor that really came out was the idea of surfing. So during your career, whatever stage you're at, you're catching a wave and you're cresting the wave and it's going great. And after a while, the wave is over and you have to go back out to sea and catch the next wave. And really, that's the way we all need to think about our careers, either as a professional in one particular domain or as we move from domain to domain or move into management. It's a continuous reinvention that's going on in the workforce that we have to take personally and, and really sometimes challenge our own capabilities and say, you know what, I need to learn something new or I need to do something differently in order to continue to catch the next wave that's coming. 
I'll take the metaphor one further. You know, you think about beaches, right? And maybe different companies. What are the beaches to go to? Where are the waves breaking the best? Where that is what people look for. They they need. We need to build. Be building new skills, having new experiences, and so you know, I find that at least our folks are thinking in 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 a very similar way and saying, where can I go to to enjoy that next wave, to learn more, to have that experience, and they're going to be you know, looking at that broadly. And our software is going to be telling us more and more of that. You know, where is the next experience? What are, even within Workday, uh, you know, we've got the opportunity, we can identify specific career interests and what roles might I be interested in? And then Workday actually automatically uh, sends me a message that says that role just opened up a few hours ago. And so that idea of always knowing what, what's happening, what are, where are the waves breaking well, where are the surfers going and, and going out to ride those waves, I think it's a, it's a perfect metaphor for what's happening today. Well, and, and partly what strikes me too, just I guess in that in that same notion is, you know, Josh, you were also talking about just the the speed of business, the acceleration, and, and a you know sort of a new um, expectation that that there's going to be opportunities for uh, change or, or or growth, you know, every eighteen months, twenty four months. But you know, like part of that idea of surfing is there is a there's a lot of waiting for the swell to come in. There's a lot of waiting for that for for the wave. And and so how do you you sort of balance that part of it? Well, the, the, you know, I think young people in particular are very impatient about their careers. You know, why, how come I didn't get promoted this year? How come I can't get a new job? How come I can't get in this new role? And I think just like surfing, you have to sometimes wait until the right opportunity comes. You've got to paddle out. That takes time and energy, too. Um, and when sometimes you've got to let a couple of waves go because they aren't the right ones. During my career, I can remember several times where I stayed in a job or a company a little too long, but it was the right thing for me for personal reasons. And then later, the wave came for the next you know, wave, and I took it. And so I think some of you know, career management today is patience. Um, and, and being aware, being ready for the opportunity when it comes, and having a little bit of internal sense of self that things will work out um, as you look around and look for the right things, and hopefully your organization is giving you great tools to help you find whatever the next opportunity is inside the company. There's a certain level of empowerment there too, I mean, to Josh's point of when, you know, historically you sort of have to use that intuitive sense in, in yourself, and sometimes you can go a little, a little too long, so having you know your organization you know be there to help you see what the next path is i think is i think is a powerful thing yeah yeah well in fact i think one of the biggest challenges that companies have is really the culture do you reward people and allow people to move to new roles when they may not be experienced yet in that new role? Will the hiring manager take an internal candidate and, against an external candidate who has experience in that role? That's a cultural thing that companies have to really you know, kind of strategize about. And, and I think that it is very important to support that and create an environment of internal mobility. Well, let me just ask this, and maybe we've, we've um, hit on some of the high points, but um, is there anything else um, we can do when we, when we think about specific to the HR space to, to just deliver these kinds of new experiences? Well, I think one of the biggest missing pieces, and Greg, maybe you're doing this, is coaching, mm. is helping people. I mean, we all need career coaches. None of us really know what we should do next. We're usually too close to it internally. And a career coach who understands the opportunities inside the company, probably does some work in understanding the job market, should be there to help people at certain pivotal parts of their career, make some decisions about what to do next. Because the chances are, if they don't get that internally, they're gonna look outside and you're gonna lose them. So that's one thing that I think 
HR could do better. Yeah, really, the notion of almost an internal talent agent, right? Yeah. There are people who are looking for opportunities, they're coaching right. you, they're, whether it's a software, but also helping you, you know, I think we have a lot of people who we try to help understand what are the things that you want to do? What are the things that you're passionate about? What are your, you know, special sort of gifts and talents and, and what, what jazzes right. you up? And so I, I couldn't agree, I think, more. Um, and it's, it's an organization's responsibility to provide that as part of the career value proposition of, hey, we're going to help you, um, whether it's here or maybe even it's, it's in other places and help you, you know, coach you and counsel you and, and support you in, in whatever that looks like, whether it's, you know, here at, at our company or, gosh, maybe even, even somewhere else. And, and, you know, companies like Deloitte and Accenture and others actually do a great, you know, do a great job of, well, you, of you know, taking the long term. Let me add one point to that. You know, one of the things that's actually really needed is you have to change the role of the manager. See, most people have a manager who's responsible for managing your job, your work, your tasks, maybe giving you performance appraisal and so forth. That's not always the same as the coach. And so in a lot of organizations, particularly in Deloitte's like this, is you have a career advisor or a career coach, or sometimes it's called a sponsor, that is not your manager. And it's a different person who's taking a different interest in your career. And we need to figure out ways to build that role into every company, whatever it may be called. Yep, I couldn't agree more. I think that's huge. I could use one. I'd like one. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think you guys set the table in a nice way. To, let's, let's jump into the topic of learning. Um, how do we think workplace learning has evolved over the last five or ten years? Josh, why don't we start with you? Well, it's been through a lot. Um, you know, I got into the learning industry in 98 or so, 99, when e-learning was just starting. And um, that was when people basically thought, oh, we'll take all this classroom training and we'll just put a bunch of videos or, you know, online page turning stuff and we'll shut down our corporate universities. And that didn't really happen. And now we really live in a world of micro learning, which is very small chunks of information. And I think YouTube popularized that. You know, anything you ever want to do at home, you can learn how to do it on YouTube. In five different ways, right, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and corporations haven't gotten there yet. Corporations are, you know, probably four or five years behind the consumer internet yeah. in building this dynamic experience. So that's one thing. The second thing that I think has really changed is uh, the LMS market. And you guys are, are very much a part of this. Um, the LMS vendors and the LMS technology that was invented that most companies have, they've spent, you know, it's a three or four billion dollar market, was designed for tra the traditional paradigm, start, take a course, complete, get an assessment, finish, certification, done. You know, that happens, but that's not the primary way people learn. People have less patience, we have less time, we are time slicing our day all the time, and so we need as technology platforms that'll manage all that. And I think that's where Workday is gonna be very successful, and a bunch of startups are trying to figure out how to do this in a brand new way. So, so most companies I talk to are going through a learning transformation, that's what they usually call it, and it usually involves figuring out whether they have the right technology, moving their content to a more dynamic format, and also opening up the channel for internally developed content to be shared because most of the knowledge you need in your company is in your company, but it's in somebody else's head who's busy doing their job. And so all of those are really aspects to the new world of learning. Yeah, and I would, as a practitioner, as a person who you know has accountability for you know that learning experience here here at Workday, uh, I, I actually wrote a uh, an essay that was published in um, Chief Learning Officer magazine back back in February, and the, the headline was exactly as Josh said, which is moving from uh, a conduit to a curator. It, you know, so for so long, learning organizations, learning professionals, they, they their credibility was built on creating and being the conduit, the conduit and creator. 
And you know, gosh, we just can't keep up with the speed. And so we see ourselves in our, in our group as a curator. We wanna create the experience and most importantly, we wanna get that user-generated content, get people on their mobile phones, capture what's happening in real time, publish it immediately, and then, and then let, you know, what, what we sort of call cloud source that content. Get it up on the cloud and let our colleagues vote up or down who's, you know, who's a master of this, what's cool and happening now. And uh, you know, so that notion of the learning professional, if you will, as a curator moving forward, forward is a is a big shift uh, yeah, for is. people yeah so then how do you get employees to love learning and consistently use the, the content and resources that are available to them people love to learn it's how we survive and I think to Josh's point we've just had applications and processes that got in the way of that natural and so I for me user-generated content the ability to get out of the way and ensure we're curating experience actually is just unleashing this fundamental people want to Absolutely. go home on the bar at night and get on their right. mobile phone and get smarter they yeah. want to do that our systems have historically I think gotten in the way of that. Well, and I think one of the things I've seen in, in L&D departments and HR departments is we have to get out there and watch people working and see what their day is really like. Because we might build this beautiful content that is absolutely magnificently designed and it's got great stuff in it, and then we throw it out there and they're either too busy or they can't find it or it's not quite relevant to the job they're doing right now. And we don't know that unless we're with them. And that's really where design thinking has come into learning. That a lot of these new ideas are just more, it's getting closer to the employee who is always learning, like Greg said, and always wants to learn. And you find that sometimes they just need a little article, they need a little mm -hmm. snippet of information, they need to know who to call. All those are learning experiences. What would be your recommendations to companies interested in building out a more robust learning program? Josh, why don't we start here? Well, I mean, we, you know, the technology is great and exciting and really, really powerful, but I think the most important thing is to focus on the segment of the workforce where, where there's the biggest opportunity. I had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a large bank in Canada, and they said, look, of all the workforce segments we have, the one that's the most critical to us is the new hires and the branches for the first one to two years. Mm -hmm. So we need a one to two year program for them so they immediately become productive. We know what stages they're gonna go through. So, so I think you have to focus. I mean, throwing all this technology out there and hoping people use it is great. It you know, sometimes works, but you still have to figure out where the real action is and focus on that area. So that's my advice is you know, find a place where you can add a huge amount of value quickly. We, we actually have a, a customer um, uh, who actually, they, they, they have a big trucking operation and uh, they have two drivers uh, uh, to, to go from you know, store to store. And actually the passenger, luckily it's not the driver, we do not think you should learn and drive at the same time. But the passenger <laughs> is on their mobile phone using Workday Learning to learn about the newest things. The thing that may actually be deployed to say, hey, here's how you think about you know, a particular situation. So really fundamentally you know, getting away from this idea, it has to be in a classroom or it has to be, it's like, Allow people to go where if you have 10 minutes on the BART, if you're, you know, you're about to go into a meeting and you want to, so really shift the, the, you know, using mobile technology and really imagining the newest things. Okay, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank my guests, Josh and Greg, for joining me. Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. If you'd like to watch the video version of In Good Company, please visit Workday's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash workday. Workday.